Okay. Hi, everybody. Um, my name's Gio. I'm 23, and um, this is my very first podcast. Uh, I've been debating for a while what the hell I'd even call this that I'm doing, cause. Uh, throughout my life, I've always wanted to do something like this, but I didn't exactly know how to start or what exactly to talk about. And if I'm being honest, I might not fully have that answer yet, but I feel like I have enough information to go ahead and create something. Um, and that's something that I'm creating is an inspirational guide, I guess, to life if you want to call it that I guess that's what I'm going to call it now and what I'm actually going to call this podcast is uh, the start over just when you just need to start over Um, I want this to inspire people that are also in my situation who might be young and or old who have gone from everything to nothing and have fallen on their face and don't exactly know what exactly to do or where exactly to turn or who to listen to, I guess. Because sometimes I've always just wanted somebody that I felt like was in my corner that kind of had my same intentions and similar will. So I guess this is what that is. Um... I'm making this in my car headed home from quitting my job. All of my jobs, actually. I work two. And giving up everything and and preparing to move on with my life. Not exactly sure where it is I'm going because I would have said that. And whoever you are, you might be going through the same thing, too. And honestly that's okay because some people don't exactly understand where it is you're at or what it is you're thinking about or what it is you're going through and I'm here to tell you that I don't even understand what it is you're going through either but I know you're going through it and I know you just want something to listen to because I've just wanted something and or someone to listen to for a while and uh oh there's no gas and um I feel like I have the opportunity to share my story with you all and going on into the future growing that story with each and every one of you so for starters my name's Gio, again, like I mentioned in the beginning. I'm 23, and uh, I'm originally, and still am, in Miami, Florida. I was a code enforcement officer. I worked at a gym, too. Uh, I've worked pretty much since I left high school. Um, but it wasn't always peaches and cream. Even back in high school, I lost the ability to walk um, my senior year. Due to a rare condition known as Bichette's, it uh, pretty much inflamed my back so much 
that it caused temporary paralysis, meaning I was confined to a wheelchair for about six months, six months-ish. Yeah, because I got this towards the beginning. Like, it was the first semester of high school, my senior year, when it happened. And um, you would think it would happen on the most unlikely of times, too. I was drum major back when I was in high school, and I was marching. It was halftime, and it was a homecoming game. Um, and so it was big, you know, been, spending this time practicing, working hard to, to, to perfect this show. And if you've ever heard of just high school bands and their we were traditional style, so, you know, lots of marching, think fam you and all that type of stuff. That was kind of like the style of band we were. So I just remember coming off the field from that game and feeling a lot of pain is <laughs> the best way I can describe it. Like imagine somebody took a baseball back and just said, hey, and just gave full bam to your back. That's exactly how my back felt. And um, I just noticed throughout the game, the pain just continued to steadily increase. And I was just like, where the hell is this coming from? Because I, I left there and I went to go sit down and just take in the pain. And um, I ended up like taking a nap on the floor out of just exhaustion. So I thought it was just me overworking the hell out of myself. Because, you know, you're a kid in band. That's, that's what you do. You give your all into what you care about. So as time began to pass, uh, I noticed the pain wasn't going away. And I could still walk. Granted, I wouldn't call it walking, but like I remember hobble stepping to school because I had I had twisted my ankle several times and I used to use crutches to go from my house to school because it wasn't that far of a walk. I want to say it was no more than a block, if that. So my, my commute to and from school wasn't too, too bad. Um, and also, I was a kid, you know. You could, you could do that type of shit when you're a kid. Um, but I would, was walking to school, and I just noticed that there was so much pain in my back. And I didn't know what the hell was going on. So I, I was in class that day, and I just remember being super-duper fatigued and in pain. Where I would just sit in periods and just be like, dude, I can't get up. I can't leave. And then my, I would just tell my teacher, I was like, look, teach, I don't mean disrespect, but I can't get up and walk. And like, they were like, well, you walked into the classroom. I was like, yeah, but like, I can't, I can't walk long distances. So of course, teachers weren't trying to hear that. So they would initially kick me out of their class and I would just walk to the next period. So I walked to my next period, which was, I remember this like yesterday, it was Mr. Davenport. Davenport, uh, Mr. Davenport is probably one of the best teachers I've ever had super cool people's like i wish i had his phone number in my phone still because i would hit him up and just let him know i miss him i love him great people's so after that i would walk from that class to another class and i remember getting to his class and i remember sitting down and he was like geo neil that's what he always used to call me because he knows a big matrix fan he'd be like geo neil i'd be like yeah what's up He's like, you're walking in late to my class. You know, I got to write you up. And I was like, yeah, man, I understand. Because he was one of those teachers. He was like, I'm all cool with you, but I'm not going to lose my job because of you. You know what I mean? He was he was that teacher. Like, everybody respected him because he was a cool teacher. But he let you know if you're acting an idiot, he's going to tell you you're being an idiot. And he was just one of those good mentor ty- style teachers. So 
he saw me get to his class and I was like, I, I can't walk. And he's like, what do you mean you can't walk? I was like, I, I can't walk. He's like, well, what's wrong? I'm like, my back hurts like hell. And I feel like I'm going to fall asleep every time I take a step. And every time I take a step, it also still hurts really bad. So he was like, okay, why not go down to the infirmary down at the school? And I was like, you know what? You're right. But I'm just, I'm fucking tired. I was like, dude, can I just take a nap? Like I was telling him, I was like, just please let me take a nap. And he was like, okay, um, I can't let you do that. I can't just have you sleeping in my class. He's like, if you don't feel well, go to the office. And I was like, all right, all right, all right, bet. Cool, cool, cool. No, no problem, no complaints. I'll do that. We're going to take a brief pause. Okay, really, you asshole. Like, you couldn't have just, like, ugh. Coming to the gas station in Miami is a terrible thing. I hate it here. We're going to take a pause. All right. Finished up getting some gas. Now we're back. Okay. So, um, down course class, headed down to the office. So I headed down to the office, and they called my mom, and they sent me home. And my mom was like, okay, what's wrong? I was like, my back hurts, and I feel like I'm about to fall asleep. And she was like, well, what do you mean? You walked to school this morning. I was like, yeah, but it took me forever to get there. And um, she just kept saying, okay, okay, okay. Um, take some rest, take some meds. Um, like my mom was very a very strong believer in uh, cold medicine fixes everything. We all know that's not the case, but she's a very strong believer in cold medicine fixes everything. So um, she saw that my symptoms pretty much weren't improving and we started taking a bunch of Tylenol and all that type of stuff. And it's just nothing, again, nothing was changing. If anything, my pain was getting worse the more medication I took. So um, she took me to the hospital after a while. And um, I think it was like two days after this stuff was going down. She took me to the hospital and the doctor's just like, yeah, everything's fine. Because all my vitals came back fine. They ran a bunch of blood tests. There was nothing like in my blood or anything. You know, everything should have been fine. And I was like, okay. Um, and they were just like, well, that's, there's nothing wrong with him. And my mom was like, well, clearly there's something wrong with him because he can't fucking walk. And <laughs> they were like, well, there's nothing wrong. We're looking at his, his, his scans, his things. Everything's normal. And they were like, okay. So we went home. You know, we sat down, kicked and shabob for a little bit. And we're like, all right, so we're going to just keep you on all this stuff and hopefully you feel better. And then some time passed. Like, I think I wanted to say another two days passed. And I was like, okay, I'm not improving and I'm getting worse. And now I can't get out of bed. Because this is when my body kind of went into full shutdown mode where, like, it was hard to lift up my arms, hard to move my legs. Like, my muscles even started atrophying. Like, it was, it was bad. Like, I, started, I just started turning into a vegetable. So she took me to the hospital again, and I also started having these uh, sores all over my body. So I had ulcers in places where the sun don't shine, and um, my tongue was burning because I had mouth sores. Like, just, just everything was wrong. And they were just like, my mom was just like, look, you're telling me all of his vitals are okay, but you can't find any sort of, like, basic sickness in him. His mouth is covered in sores and he's got sores in other places 
like something is not right with my kid he's like opening up there's lesions on his chest and he hasn't left the house and they're just growing they weren't there before so of course they're like well he's fine and my mom was like look we're not gonna go home again because you're gonna kick him out of the hospital telling him he's fine and he's not so after that the doctor recommended that we go to joe dimaggio and we went to joe dimaggio and i ended up spending a week in joe dimaggio and i had fully lost my ability to walk i couldn't walk anymore like i couldn't stand up on my legs without um assistance and even with that like i had to have doctors help me out of my bed to um do anything but i stayed at joe dimaggio for about a week and a day i think it was a week and a day and um I remember having to drink so much Gatorade so that I can do these this test because they were going to show, I think it was a colonoscopy, yes. Uh, all my adults know what colonoscopies are. You don't want a colonoscopy because colonoscopies are fucking terrible. It's when they shove a camera far up your rear end to, you know, take pictures of what the hell is going on in your intestines. And I had already had a bunch of scans, but also on top of this, like pretty much I was a basket case. Nobody knew what the hell was wrong with me, which is why you go to Joe DiMaggio. Uh, it's a nonprofit, I believe, hospital. And their whole thing is getting basket case kids who have tons of terminally ill issues and trying to figure out what is wrong with them. And um, they don't charge you for it because you're so fucked up. <laughs> that's kind of the that's kind of the way you get in the hospital. You got to be super duper fucked up to have access to all the high tech stuff that they had access to. And the stuff I needed wasn't even in that hospital. They had to send it all over the like the country. It's like I had some tests done in Idaho, some tests done in California, some tests done in other places. Like it was a bunch of tests that I had to have run on me to figure out exactly what it is that uh, was wrong with me. So then shortly after that. They found out that I have this really rare condition called Bichette's. And, of course, we were like, what the hell is that? So it's this disease that uh, stems from the Silk Road based out somewhere in China. And um, it attacks your blood vessels. So it inflames your blood vessels to a point all over your body where it causes lesions everywhere. You can get eye pain, uh, mouth sores, genital sores, um... Uh, what else is is a bevy of things like if I go and look it up on the internet it's a bevy of things the things I know of that it gave me is um offset arthritis so I have arthritis in my back because I'm an old man at 20 and it only attacks people between their 20s and their 30s it hit me when I was a little bit younger hit me at about 18 so I remember coming out of the hospital going to a football game as like my way of saying fuck this shit fuck this disease i'm not sick i'm going to a football game tonight my mom took me to the football game i remember coming out of the stands dressed up in a sweater and some like pajama pants and like i could barely stand i swear i used every ounce of me my body fucking hated it i could only stand for like a couple seconds but i walked up those stairs dude like i was fucking jesus i walked up those shits and everybody was yelling out dark side and I was like, yo, this is lit. It was the best moment of my life. I was like, hell yeah. And then shortly after that, like, my my grandma brought my, my wheelchair up the the, the, the the stairs. And, like, I sat down and I fell asleep. Dog, like, on some old man shit. Like, I remember passing out, like, completely knocked out. My girlfriend that was there at the time was like, holy shit, why didn't you tell me you were coming? Oh, my God. And I was just like, dude. I don't even know what the hell is going on right now. I remember standing up and I remember blacking out. And I remember waking back up here in the stand sitting in my wheelchair. 
So I enjoyed the rest of that game. Of course, everybody's like talking to me like, yo, he's come back from the dead, blah, 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 blah. Because like, you know, the, the class is know what the fuck is going on with me. I'm this kid who just who's their drum major, who's their leader. And I disappeared for a week, then came back and I'm in a wheelchair. So they're all looking at me like, what the what the hell? Because he was just fine before and now he's he's broken. So push comes to shove. Um, they realized the severity of my disease and how I can't pretty much function in school without completely changing all of my classes because I can't get around the school. Like I can't I can't go places. I can't go from class to class on my own. Like I can't even push myself in my wheelchair unless I'm assisted. So um, I don't even think there was an option to like have a friend or a buddy to push me around the school or anything. Because if there were, that wasn't brought up to the table. So this is when um, I ended up going into this program called Hospital Homebound. And um, where you get a what the where you get a condition, and pretty much long story short, you can either stay in school and do special special ed classes in school, or be a part of special ed classes that your school supports. What is this? Oh, okay, be a part of special ed classes that your school supports. She knocked that shit across the highway. Sorry, I'm driving home while I'm making this podcast. But yeah, you can either be a part of special ed classes at school if you're able to like function, which means you can do simple things like walk from class to class by yourself and blah, 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 blah. Still have a medical condition, meaning you have to be separated from everybody else. It's the whole special hospital thing. Or you're like me, where you physically can't do anything on your own and you're under constant supervision um, and you do classes at home. And this was pretty much how all you guys are doing classes at home now. It's pretty much the same concept as uh, COVID. So you're at home in bed all day and you have to just do all of your preparatory classes. So if you're able to, I mean, all of your regular classes, but of course you lose a couple credits because of course you can't complete like physical courses and uh, extracurricular courses are taken completely off of your um your curriculum for you to graduate, you know, since you have special needs. So I spent the rest of my year doing that and um, we couldn't afford to go to like physical training because we didn't have the money to, even though Joe DiMaggio recommended it, they didn't pay for that because it's outside of the hospital. I was only able to get the treatment and I still had access to the treatment through my mom's insurance and through Joe DiMaggio but I physically could not do physical therapy. It just cost too much. So I had to, I remember for the first, I want to say two months, like if I could describe my room to you, we lived in an apartment on the the second floor. And that first night I came home, I couldn't walk up the stairs. So um, my old coach from my middle school who actually ended up living in the same apartment complex, it was low income apartments, um, who ended up living there one night actually saw that I couldn't go up the stairs because they were like, holy shit. He was like, what happened? I was like, I can't walk no more. But like, I, you know, I was real peppy and steppy and like, you know, now thinking about it, it's very traumatic, you know, and I never, I never really let myself process the fact that I was a broken vegetable for so long. And I think it really impacts a lot of what I go through today. But, um, being that he would, he used to carry me every night or whenever I would leave 
he made me give him his number and he took my my phone number and he would carry me up the stairs and it was concrete stairs um so he would carry me up the stairs every every night so i could go to my apartment so he would carry me up the stairs and take me to my bedroom and I just, I just haven't really reached out to him like I should and just tell him thank you for that. But he used to just do that, and I used to appreciate that because when I eventually ended up getting well enough to walk again, he used to take me to the gym and, you know, just help me get back in shape. And he would low-key PT me. And, you know, that was great. But regardless, um, back to what I was saying. In my room and to my bathroom is where I used to walk every day to get my steps in. And... I want to say the distance, if you're a regular walking person, it had to have been no more than 15 steps, 15 to 20 steps max. And I mean, from like my bed to the physical toilet inside of the bathroom. So it wasn't in the same room. There were two separate rooms, but they're right next to each other. That used to take me two to three hours to do unassisted. Like I would have to lean up against the wall and drag my feet I, I promise I wish I do not wish this on my worst enemy. Imagine having to pee because all you can do is drink fluids all goddamn day. And I refuse to have a pee pad in my room because I am too, too, too prideful. So I would hold my pee and I know this had to have messed up my stomach, but I would hold my pee and walk from my bedroom to the bathroom. And that would be my PT for the day. Again, stressful process, very stressful process, but I would do it every single day so that I could get, you know, acclimated to walking because I refused to be stuck and confound to a walker for the rest of my life. And then, of course, we couldn't afford to get me a wheelchair or anything because we're broke. We live on low income housing like we live on low income. My mom worked for um, the cruise line. And they just weren't paying her enough. And even with the low income, we still didn't have enough money to. Like, beforehand, we kind of had enough money to go traveling and stuff. But then between my medical bills and um, hers, you know, it was it was stressful. It was really, really stressful. Because initially, around the time I got better, she got sick. But that's, that's, that's on the next podcast of just my life and growth into where I'm going. So going from there, I would just I would just have to practice that every day because that was that was the only way I was going to learn how to walk. I would do both that, which was the walking back and forth to my bathroom. And I also couldn't sit down because, like I said, you had the no, no ulcers where they were just in places they where the the sun don't shine. So, of course, the next question you guys are asking, well, what kind of freaking treatment? was you on so that you could clearly get back to where you need to get to because treatment alone was not gonna fix my situation so up until now I don't take it as often anymore because I've kind of learned how it works but in the very very beginning I had several different medicines and pills that I had to take ranging from like of course um just naproxen and like four or five other different pills i don't even know all the names i just know i had a bunch of pills i was supposed to take laxatives and all type of shit so that you know my stool would go through and it wouldn't hurt to just to poop hold on and taking all these meds it felt like bro my body hated it like i hated the taste i had in my mouth 
I was just honestly, I was just fucking miserable. I was just really, really, really miserable. And then on top of all this, all of my friends, of course, because it's high school, all of my friends just left. All of them became just distant to me. They didn't exist anymore because I couldn't go and function with them. And I think the hardest part of just being that was the fact that I lived so close to my school. So every day in the morning, I would hear all of my friends that I would walk to school with get up in the morning and walk to school laughing, kiki and haha, and they would never knock on my door. They, I don't even think they knew exactly where I even lived, but they would get up in the morning, kiki, haha, and walk to school together. And I would hear them. And then at night, I would hear the band, which is where I would be every single night. I would hear them practicing and that shit ripped a hole in my chest because that was the only that was like band was my physical life. Like there was nothing else I had in life besides the band. And um, it would just rip my heart out knowing that I was just confound to this to this situation. Like I could never go back to the band room and function like everyone else did. So. I'm just pretty much living uh, a high school nightmare, you know, and I'm just fucking I'm fucking sad. I'm just fucking sad and I'm fucking broke. So it put me into a state of depression, but I was never on depression pills while I was going through this. Why would I? I'm, I'm a fucking G not to undermine depression. Depression is a very serious thing. I've gone through it. I know exactly what it feels like. Don't wish it again on my worst enemy. But um. I wasn't on any depression pills and um, I'm thankful for that because I had tried depression pills before, especially while I was in the hospital and that shit sucked. The best way, at least for me, that I can explain depression pills is like, imagine there's a man holding a gun to your head saying, laugh, smile, be happy. That's exactly the best way I can describe a depression pill at least for me now everybody's way of describing depression pills are different but when i was on them it was like i was being forced to be happy and i guess it was just messing with the you know whatever the hell the things are in your brain that tell you how to function how to live how to be and all that good stuff but that's how it was for me so i told my doctor i didn't want to do any of that shit i had to figure this out and i had to find driving will and the things that i was doing Whew. That was a lot. So short come after that, I would continue to go through school, doing homework and just trying to learn, study my every day. I would go take a shower, I would sit in the shower until I was able to finally stand for a short period of time in the shower and then sit because every day I would take a shower, I would get up and sit down, get up and sit down, get up and sit down. And then when I got out of the shower, of course, I had um, I would I would um stand up because the chair was like I would stand up and then lift the chair out of the shower and then use the chair as like a walker to um then do that and then it would make me and I would like dry off and then sit on the toilet and listen to music because um my grandma bought me a speaker it wasn't a really big speaker it was like a dollar tree speaker my grandmother bought me a speaker so that I can have the speaker with me in the bathroom and listen to music that was probably what inspired the rap career that I don't have anymore. And honestly, probably one of the best investments I think I've ever had in my life. Cause there is nothing that has had more utilization besides my phone than my speaker in the bathroom. 
Like, I remember when Tyler Creator dropped Flower Boy, and that was the only thing I listened to. I remember when I discovered Tyler Creator around, like, like I had listened to his music before because a good friend of mine that had passed away about a year or so prior, um, his favorite song was I Hate You. Um, but, like, I had really deep dove into Tyler Creator at this time, so that, that was all I was listening to. I was listening to his first albums, any song that he was featured on, Wolfgang, the internet. I was just I was just taking in as much as him. And that was like my life because I couldn't go out anywhere. I was confined to my home for several weeks, not because I had COVID or anything, but like I was it was so much work to take me out of the house that it was just like, what's the point? So I want to say about mm, two, three months of doing this uh, SAT prep and all that stuff started to come around in school where people are getting ready to go to college and all that type of stuff. So um, <laughs> this is going to sound really bad, but my girlfriend that I had at the time, I would tell my grandmother or my mom to take me over to the college because she was in dual enrollment. I would ask her to take me to the college so that me and her could hang out and I would the the excuse I would make was that I was doing SAT prep never did any SAT prep just never did never did but um I would use that time to hang out with her and um granted she really didn't have any time to hang out with me while I was at the college but I would just have my wheelchair and and go and I was like I can use this SPT I can use this as way to get out of the house and um, I can just be lackadaisical around the college for however long. And the way it worked out for her, because her parents were super strict at the time, but she had access to a car. The way it would work for her was, you know, since I live right next door to the school, she could just drop me off home. And like her family was like guarding her GPS and everything. So like they had to know her every single move. She could, um, she could, um, cut off her gps hang out with me at my house because um shortly after long my mom had to start going back to work again and then my grandmother didn't stay at our house yet um she just would go to and from home and then check in on me because like you know slowly but surely i i I gained enough strength to you know use my phone because i clearly had to do work and stuff so they wouldn't leave me away from home for long periods of time but especially now that i um grain some independence and they knew what what my situation was they just sent me to the college so i would go to the college and i'd probably get i'd be at the college for maybe five hours and out of that five hours i might get a maximum of 30 minutes if not less time to spend with her okay let me let that sink in i'm wheelchair bound at broward college there's nothing for me to do besides sit in the college in the library of all places because I wasn't talking to any of the the, the school staff or anything because I wasn't supposed to be there. I wasn't a college student. Um, I would just sit in the library. I would read books. Like I'd find physics books to read and I would just read them. And um, just just wait for her to get out of class. Saying this out loud just blows my mind sometimes. But I would just wait for her to get out of class. 
And um, she would give me the keys to her car so that way I could take the elevator and wait for her at her car. And me and her would just uh, chill out in her car because we didn't want to be in the library talking about all of our business. But like we would sit and I would just like talk to her about her day. We'd make out and all that type of bullshit, you know, what teenagers do. Mind you, I'm broken. So it's not like I can do any of the fun shit I want to do. Like I'm wheelchair bound. She would like fold up my wheelchair, put it in her trunk and we would just kind of hang out. Which is which is wild to me. Holy shit. I was a bad I was a badass kid, dude. Badass kid. Holy shit. So like I would only like I think it was like a schedule too. Like certain days I would only be able to see her for like ten minutes. Other days I'd be able to get like a gap because it was like an hour or so. But like of course I, I she had to go study and all that stuff. So I respected that. But um, my grandmother used to take me like now Broward College to the house, I want to say is about a 30 minute drive from my house, like a solid 25 to 30 minute drive one way. And um, I used to make this commute. It was like one. It used to be like twice a week and then just turned into every day of the week because I was like, you know, I can go there, get my quote unquote extra education. And then I would use this time to also like actually do schoolwork because I connect to the free Wi-Fi, take my headphones and do schoolwork at the college, you know, actually do some type of work at the college. So um, eventually it went from my grandmother picking me up to taking me home to my grandmother dropping me there and then me telling them my girlfriend at the time could take me home and then that happened and then she would um work and get her stuff finished up earlier so that we could chill out at my house and actually like do shit so like and i have access to food and stuff we can buy food and like hang out and then hang out at my house like wild so you know we would hang out at my house and then before you know we she'd make sure to do everything right because she was also in band so we would we would hang out, fool around, and then she would go to band practice, you know, when the time came. So that was that was grooving, that was rocking, and then we got into an argument about something. I don't even remember. Um but uh we just didn't talk for a few days. And I was mad about whatever I was mad about because uh I was just like you know I'm broken and I'm sad and I'm miserable but like you're all I have and blah 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 you know really stupid trivial childhood shit and I was like wah and she was just like well I'm trying so hard you know I have my life and I'm like yeah I know you have your life and everything but like I don't want to be broken anymore and I'm depressed and I want to vent to somebody because I'm fucking depressed and uh, she was like, well, this is the drama that's going on. I think it was some other drama, too, about some boy or something or whatever. I don't know. So um, we stopped talking for like two fucking days. And then we came back together and um, made up mushy bushy because she came to my house, knocked on the door. I was like, hey, I just want to make sure you're OK. I miss you. Oh, my God, I miss you, too. Ah. And we, we made up blah, blah, blah. So that worked for like another, I want to say, four months until like a little before graduation. I want to say about maybe a month or two before graduation, at least for me. And around this time, I finally started to get over the wheelchair. And um, I had adjusted to taking the walker out. Granted, I couldn't walk very, very far, but um, I finally adjusted to 
being able to like walk around on my own. And some days I would really push myself to where I only had the cane because I went from wheelchair to walker, walker to cane, and then from cane to just low-key back to wheelchair because I did too much and from wheelchair to walking. So I was finally able to upgrade from using the uh the 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 walker to now I'm on the cane and um you know I would now go to school and me and her around this time were going through relationship problems again and then we broke up and this shit wrecked my world like she and I I this is the biggest lesson I could tell anybody do not put all your happiness in one person because you are setting yourself up for failure you got to find happiness in yourself um but I put all of my happiness into this girl and when we broke up it fucking destroyed me like I was just like all this shit I did I was lying to my mom about going to see do this as a tea crap which was stupid because like first of all I'm very fucking smart I just didn't apply myself at the time if I'm being really honest like you know especially now with all the things that we have if I would have taken the time out to just focus Neither here nor there should have would have cut up, but um, it broke me, and I remember, I remember going to church because we stopped talking for like two weeks because I had snapped at her while we were at church of all fucking places. Terrible human being, I know, but um, I had vented to her about how I felt, and I was like, blazy blazy blah. So why are you mad? You never ever 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 ask a girl why she's upset you never do that that is the dumbest thing you could ever do as a dude you you should never ever 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 ask a woman why she's mad don't do it you're setting yourself up for failure all you can do is be like i know you're upset what don't don't eat don't say what can you do just give her her space and just do everything you need to do in your power to let her come to you and speak to you and when she's ready to vent to you she's ready but you never ask a woman why she's upset because you will you are you are setting yourself up for failure so that's what my dumb i that's what my dumb ass did i went up to her and was like hey why are you still upset at me why are you mad and she was just like, what the fuck? Pretty much. And she started crying, bro. And I was like, oh, shit. And my homeboy was there, too. And he was just shook his head. He was like, bro, you fucked up. And I was like, what did I say wrong? And so he was like, you know, it's not about what you said. I'm not saying you're wrong. But, like, you lashing out and you saying the wrong things. Like, if you was grown about it, you would have just been like, look, bygones be bygones. Over it. Let's build a new but I didn't do that. So again, I sat and was devastated about it. And this is just me getting out of high school. So later on, of course, I, I continue to work and I learned to walk again. And um, now I'm walking. But even up until now, I don't really, I never really appreciated the fact that I learned to walk again, you know, 
Like, I couldn't walk. I could not walk. Like, I could not leave my house on my own. I could not, I could not do shit on my own. And it, it never really hit me until I would say now, with me being 23, about to embark on the biggest adventure, I think, of my life ever. Um, like, we broke up. And some other shit happened too. And uh, out of all of that, I was able to walk again, and not only walk, but I walked the I walked the stage, which was the biggest thing I set for myself. I told myself, I don't care what happens, I'm gonna walk the stage on graduation, and I fucking did. Like, oh no, no cane, no nothing, the whole graduation ceremony. Granted, when I got into the crib, I need to take a bunch of medications because I was in so much fucking pain. But I ended up walking the stage on my own. On my own. And I don't really give myself the credit I feel like I deserve for something like that. But the goal that I'm trying to get at to hold, to wrap this whole thing up, this whole thing up, this whole thing up, is in life, which is how I think I'm going to do these podcasts in the future, in life, sometimes you just really got to restart from ground zero. Not knowing exactly where it is you're headed, where it is you're going. Granted, my, my, my physical state didn't really change. And what's really changing the most in my life is where I'm at right now, which is me talking to you guys. But um, my physical state did not change. What changed in me now and what changed in me then was the mental atmosphere of where I was. You have to realize and see growth. I went from not walking to walking again. And then in my next podcast, I'm going to explain what I did next and how my life completely changed all over again. So, to close up, wrap up, and all that good stuff in between. Today, I want you to ask yourself, what is it that I can do to help me grow? What is something I can do to change the, the space I am in? Like, what is it that you can do? What is it that you can do? And all that being said and done, Proud sponsor of today's podcast is Fresh Eyes Photography Incorporated, aka my photography business. So if you have anybody that you know wants to take some cool dope photos, you can check out my website on my Instagram at Fresh Eyes Photography Inc. And go ahead and love it, like it, and set your appointment today because I would love to take awesome, amazing photos of you if you're in the Miami area. So yeah, please tune into that. Much appreciated, much obliged. And um, I guess that's that's all she wrote. So I will see you guys in the next podcast and we shall talk more soon. All right.